Welcome to the Bridge Church Podcast. Our purpose statement at Bridge Church is to reach people where they are and help them grow. We hope today's message inspires you towards growth, and we pray it's life-changing, and we hope to see you soon. Wow, praise God for a story like Carrie's. Carrie is a picture of how God was still moving in 2020, and her baptism is a picture of how she wanted to express that to the world. Um, As we look at this new series that we're starting, we're going to be allowing people to share their story of how God was still moving in 2020. I do want to also remind you, though, of the announcement that Rasul made that December 16th, that's a Wednesday, uh, December next Wednesday after after the next Wednesday uh, at 730. Again, we want as many people as we can get at that annual meeting. Uh, It would be good to see everybody to stay connected and let you know some things that are going to be happening next year. 2020 was dark, right? I mean, 2020 had all these different moments, whether it was coronavirus, lockdown, whether it was political strife, racial strife, whether it was seeing people pass away that you knew or seeing people leave the city that you loved. 2020 was a dark year. When you think about 2020, not only was it a dark year when it came to the news, what was happening outside of you, for some of you, 2020 was dark on the inside. There were things that you were dealing with with yourself. Some of us picked up uh, COVID-19, not the virus, but the weight, amen? Some of us had challenges that we had just to get outside. We were isolated and relationships weren't the same. Some of us had challenges with work, the the strain of doing Zoom calls again and again, and we just got used to wearing sweatpants all day. I mean, this year was so awkward and unique. And one thing about the end of a year, the end of the year causes you to have contemplation about all the complications. And that's what we do at the end of every year. At the end of every year, we think about things that didn't work. Every year we think about problems we can't solve. We think about people we can't control. And we think about expectations we can't meet. Every year we do that. And as we started to think about that, we started thinking, man, 2020 is going to make us almost think that it's like the devil was, like that's his year. Like, he, like God took the year off. But in many ways, we wanted to remind ourselves that Jesus is still on the throne, that this is still his year, and how we can always find Christ in dark times. Life is complicated. There will always be people that you can't control. There will always be relationships that don't work out every year. This year had its uniquenesses. Inside of ourselves, 2020 still brought some of the same complications. Some of us are still at the same jobs we did not want to be at. We still have some of the same struggles we had in 2019. Some of us find ourselves in still some of the same place. In many ways, one of the challenges of 2020 wasn't just the outside with politics and the outside with race. Some of the challenges were just dealing with you again this year. Yes, life is complicated, but you also realize that you're complicated. You understood that you are a problem that you can't solve, that you are a person that you can't seem to control, and that you 
have expectations that others can't meet. Not only was life complicated in 2020, you were complicated. You look in the mirror and you realize that you have your own complications, things that didn't work out. Part of the beauty of having older people walk with you is quite simply they've just been down the road a little farther. Particularly people who have lived in darker times and harder ways. You talk to a parent or an aunt, an uncle or a mentor. In many ways, we're going to allow John today to sit with us because as dark as 2020 was, John was in a darker time. He was in a time when everything around him only got worse. And even in the midst of that darkness, John will say he found the light. He'll say the darkness didn't win. We're going to allow John to mentor us so that we can find Jesus as our stability in the midst of a complicated time. So allow me, if you would, just to uh, look for a second in a little bit of history to understand the context of the book of John, John chapter 1, is where we're going to be, and a little bit of understanding of what he was dealing with, because it will pale in comparison when we look at what he was dealing with. He was part of a dark time in the history of the Jews. Essentially, what was happening was General Vespasian came into Galilee. As he rolled into Galilee, he was terrorizing cities, expanding the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire's complete definition was violence and slavery. A million Jews were slaughtered as John was growing up. 300,000 men and women were in the slave markets. John lived through that. During that time, John was in a city where there was a plague and there was starvation for seven months. It was so bad that the army had to build a ditch outside the walls so that the graves could be piled up. At the end of the Jewish war of 70 AD, there was a story about how the temple had been burnt down. The one place where the people could gather, the one thing that people wanted to do, the temple was burned down. And anyone caught fleeing the city would be captured and then crucified. Listen to this. There were as many as 500 crucifixions a day. John's been there. He says, you think 2020 was bad. And he had friends and he had family members and he had aunts and he had uncles. We think Jesus was crucified. Hundreds of Jews were crucified. It was a way of life. Death was something they were very intimate with. 80 years later, John would write. And he would write and pen these words and tell us about the light. 80 years later, John writes, but in the midst of that, there's a madman at the helm. 80 years later, you had Herod the Great, and the times only got darker. Herod the Great murdered his own family members. Herod was known as a butcher, the butcher of Bethlehem. 
And he was a madman that killed even children. And in his killing of children, he was able to terrorize everyone under two years old. And it would say in the text, in John, in John 1, verses 4 through 5, John writes, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. John understood that as babies are being slaughtered and as there are crucifixions happening every day, as the Jewish life in Jerusalem is always being sacrificed, you can't even leave the city. You talk about quarantine. You can't even leave the city, and if you do, you die. And he says, I found life in the midst of that darkness. And that life was Jesus. The life that he's talking about obviously isn't just breathing. It's the full existence of life. It's a full life. It's a life that Jesus talked about, an abundant life. It's a life of having wisdom and insight. It's a life of knowing God and knowing the blueprint for life, that love is given to us, that joy is extended to us, that there is peace in the midst of chaos. He says, I looked around all of life and I found that life is in a person, Jesus. He says, in him is life. And he says, this life is actually light. And when Jesus When he speaks, he reveals. When the Spirit comes in your life, he convicts. He tells you the truth about who God is, but he also tells you the truth about you. And what we learned here in the book of John is that this light was rejected by men. This is what he says, that the light was shining in the darkness, but the darkness could not overcome it, or some will say could not comprehend it. The darkness didn't want the light. They rejected the light. The truth of the matter is, is that when Jesus came, he was rejected by Jews and Romans. And he was this lowly teacher. And what Jesus would do is he would come into your life and reorder it. And even though he has the blueprint for life, men still want to do their own thing and live their own way. The truth of the matter is when Jesus comes into your life, he is a light that reveals and rebukes and turns you around. The fact of the matter is light exposes but not exposes to embarrass, exposes like an x-ray that looks deep inside to heal. He exposes so that we would know him more. He is the light and he is life. The scriptures tell us that Jesus wanted to be this light and yet he was rejected by men. My daughter, she discovered the meaning of what a flashlight is for. She went and... uh, you know, she, she plays with everything, but 
she found a light and she was just going around with it. And then one day she walked past the bathroom and it was dark in the bathroom. And she was like, oh my gosh. And she walked in the bathroom and she closed the door. And then she, she opened the door and she looked at me. She says, come in here. So I walked in there and she was like, look. And she was blown away that the whole purpose of light, light when other light is in there, she's like, this is stupid. But when she went inside the dark room, she was like, do you see what this does? I see everything now. And so she, went, she explained to me light for five minutes. It was fascinating. And she's like, no, look, it shines in the darkness. See, when it's here amongst light, it doesn't have the same effect. But when it's in the dark, daddy, look, look at what it does. It illuminates everything. She didn't say illuminate, praise God. When... Jesus came in a dark time. He showed everything. He revealed everything to people from how to live amongst our peers to how creation began. He revealed everything to us. So it is beautiful to know a God that is personal, that will reveal everything to us about the world and life. But we have to be ready for him to reveal everything about us, about our own corruption, not just the corruption out there. This is why the light was rejected. This is why they could not comprehend it. When it says that the darkness could not overcome it, it's not just that the darkness couldn't beat it. It's not just that the Jews couldn't win against Jesus. The deeper narrative is that they just could not fully understand him. That's why they killed him. They could not fully understand and know who he was. That's why they rejected him. They could not comprehend it. That word in the Greek essentially means comprehend. He couldn't understand it. The word there is getting at a picture of someone saying a word and you say, I t- say that again, say that again. I can't grasp it. And that's what it's saying, that there are men looking for life, women looking for life, but they cannot grasp, they cannot comprehend. They can't take down the truth of who Jesus is. And yet, God screams from creation. His beauty is revealed on earth. God longs to be in relationship, and yet men can't comprehend it. They can't understand it. There lies the tension that we live in here today, that the name of Jesus is maligned because of Christians. The name of Jesus is misunderstood because of the church. And there were many people who had stories of church hurt this year. There were many people who had stories of not understanding evangelicals this year. And in many ways, those are an obstacle from people not comprehending Jesus. But the Jesus I know, look what it says. Don't miss this. Even though the church is a horrible PR for Jesus, even though you are a horrible PR for Jesus, even though the politics is a horrible PR for Jesus, guess what? Guess what? The light still shines in the darkness. See, even though everything happened this year that, you know, because that's what everybody said, 2020 is a year of vision. Nobody saw this coming. So this was a horrible year, right? Everything is bad. Everything is horrible. Work didn't work out. Life didn't work out. Jesus was still on the throne because he's still shining in the darkness. And there's a very good chance that for you, you, God kept you this year. There's a very good chance that there were these small windows of hope that God gave you this year. And part of our problem is we're gazing at the darkness and we're not reminding ourselves of the light, 
The light is still shining in the darkness. God is still working in 2020. He was still good to you in the midst of the madness and he kept you and he blessed you and he loved you. You know, the older I get, the older I get, the older I get, the more the little old ladies in the front of the church make more sense. Because when I was growing up, I was forced to come to church early. For, I mean, capital F, forced. I had to be there real early. And I had the same old aunties in the front. And I am telling you, they would give the same testimony every single time. And I thought they were fake. I'm just telling you, I'm just honest with you. I thought they were fake. I thought it was, I was like, come on. And they, this is what they would say. They get up there, they shuffle their feet, and they say, I thought that, praise God. I, listen, I like to thank the Lord for waking me up this morning. And the crowd be like, oh, Lord. Whoa, woke me up. He started me on my way. Oh, my God. He put breath in my life. And the crowd would be, and I'm like, of course she's alive. But the older I get, you know what I'm like? Lord, I thank you for waking me up this morning, starting me on my way, putting breath in my lungs. See, it hits different when you see people die. It hits different. Life hits different when you've been in pain. And listen, if life, if, if this was a hard year for you, if you forsook your relationship with Jesus, it was harder because there was life there every morning. There's life. He's shining. Listen, he is shining in this darkness and he's, he's, he's good. And so we press into Jesus in a dark and cold world. And this is the thing. He is, he is wanting to get close to us. We're, we're, we're inundated with news. And, we, and it, there's, this, there's this penchant to constantly be shocked at how foolish people are. To be constantly shocked about politics. Constantly shocked about race relations. Constantly shocked about our friends. Constantly reminded about all the darkness around us. And we are forsaking the light that's shining right in front of us forsaking the goodness of what God has done. God has been good to you this year. God kept you this year. God blessed you this year. Remind yourself, write it down, sing about it, praise his holy name because he was still on the throne amidst the darkness. You say, well, well I thank God Donald Trump lost. If Donald Trump won, Jesus would still would have been good. He still would have been good. And these numbers, this coronavirus, the numbers are still getting high. Jesus is still good. God is good. His mercy endures forever. And we have to remind ourselves that we don't have to live as people without a hope. God, he reminds us that he, he, he is shining. The, the Bible says in John 1, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We see his glory and the glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. And what John was saying there was not only is Christ this life and this light, but he came and he, the Bible says in, essentially in the Greek, he tabernacled amongst us. He made a home amongst us. Eugene Peterson would write it this way, that he moved into our neighborhood, that he wanted to get close to us. It says the word became flesh. He wanted to tell us about himself. He wanted to become vulnerable so that we would, might get to know him. He does not want us just to seek him out. He's seeking us. 
He's trying to get close to us. He's revealing things about himself so that we might know him better. Anytime someone reveals themselves, they're getting vulnerable. They're opening up. Jesus, John would say, is that he wanted to get close. That's the essence of John 1.14. He wanted to be close. Emmanuel, God with us. This is still true of Jesus today. He wants to be close to us because if someone is revealing themselves, that means they're opening themselves up to you so that they can be known by you. Several, uh, <laughs> it's so funny. This was this year. Uh, I did a retreat. We did this thing called a gathering. Amazing. People didn't have masks on. This was in February. And I was at Princeton uh, it was Princeton students and incredibly smart people. I mean, these are just, uh, I mean, they, 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 you know, casual, casual conversation with smart people is just amazing. They're just having, just talking about stuff I don't even understand. And so very smart people, right? And so I did a workshop there. I, I spoke there and then I did a workshop on dating. And man, it was, the room was filled and they had all these smart questions, you know, and I'm answering all their questions. And so after I leave, and uh, they, they're coming up to me asking more questions. So they come up to me and they say, uh, uh, Pastor James, we, we just have a question. And they're gathered around me like I'm about to drop some dimes, right? They're like, we have, we've all been sitting around asking questions. There's a bunch of dudes. They're like, listen, we got a question. Um, when you, you know, when you want to walk up to a woman and uh, get to know her, like, uh, what do you say? I was like, excuse me? They're like, you know, just like, what, what do you, like, you know, there's a woman right there, like, what, what do you, like, okay, so, like, I'm here, and they're there, and, like, well, what do I do, like, when I go, like, well, I'm, I'm, like, I'm gonna go up to them, and, like, well, what am I gonna say? And I'm like, these folks go to Princeton, and you don't know what to say? I said, well, you say hi, start with that, and, and, and you know, say, 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 like, where are you from? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just, like, start a conversation. Like, haven't you done this? Yeah, but, I mean, like, what do you do? And, and, and what I realized was it wasn't that they didn't know how to start a conversation. It wasn't that they didn't know how to get to know somebody. It was that they were comprehending how hard it is to put yourself out there when you can be rejected. Because that's what shooting your shot is all about. That's, that's the approach. The approach is not hard to contemplate. It's hard to deal with when you're rejected. You see, whenever you reveal yourself, you always open yourself up to rejection. The word became flesh, revealed itself, became open to us, told them about himself, was the light and the life, said, this is who I am. I want to be known. And we rejected him. Because whenever you open yourself up, and you reveal yourself, you open yourself up to rejection. Jesus, the rejected one, the life and the light, open, willing, wanting to move into our neighborhood, wanting us to know him. And the, the word there, it's amazing. It says he tabernacled amongst us and it reminds us of Moses. Moses said, in the book of Exodus, wanting to know God. He wanted to know God. That was his master passion. I want to know more about God. I want to know more about God. I want to know no more about God. That was his master passion. And so the book of Exodus, Exodus 33, Moses says to God, please show me 
your glory. What, what he's saying is, I want to know more about you. I want the more revealed God. I want to, to understand the fullness of your majesty, the greatness of your reign on earth, the beauty of who you are. Show me more of that. And God would say, you can't see my face for man shall not see me and live. And so what he would do, God would create a tent. He would divide it into two rooms. He would have the holy place and the holy of holies. And God in essence, without revealing all himself, would make himself portable. He would put himself in such a way where he could be moved around and people could know him. And essentially that word where it says the word became flesh and dwelt among them, that word is tabernacled. And essentially that's what they made. They made a tabernacle so that God could be amongst them. And in essence, what John was saying is that God made himself portable so that we could know him more so that he could move close to us, so that we could know him. The light shines in the darkness so that we could know him. The light shines throughout this week so that we would know him more. And yet the darkness, the darkness seeks to win. Every day the darkness seeks to win. In 2021, the darkness will seek to win. The darkness of your emotional state, the darkness of your relational state, the darkness of your financial state, the darkness of your spiritual state. Every day, the darkness seeks to win, and yet Jesus is always trying to move in, disrupt your day so that you might know him. He longs to reveal himself to you to be reminding you of his goodness and his glory. <laughs> um, there is a word that I heard once called phototropism. Phototropism is a, a unique thing that happens. Uh, there's a picture that you all will see on the screen. Phototropism essentially that if you put a plant in a dark room, the, the plant will die. But if there is a window next to that plant where the light is shining, what will happen is that plant will bend itself so that it would be able to reach the light. In other words, if you move a plant further and further away from the light, the plant will keep living and finding life in the light because it will bend itself to the light. And what I am telling you is whatever year it is, you will find life in the light. You have to bend your life to the light and you will be renewed every year. No matter if there is a virus, no matter if there is your relationships are failing, Christ is still eminent available. We reject him every day. We despise him every day. And we must have the humility to acknowledge, I long for you. We thank God for stories like Carrie's. We'll be able to post the rest of her story online this week. I pray that you check it out. 
But in a life, in a world, in a complicated world, when life is complicated, we want to bend towards the light. Some of you, some of you today, I get it. All of your rhythms are out of control. You're not in church. Your relationships are disconnected. All of your rhythms are out of control. I get it. It's hard to wake up. I get it. Zoom calls are crazy. I get it. Sweatpants and ice cream. I get it. Netflix and binging. I get it. And all your rhythms are out of control. Even if you've been inconsistent with Jesus, even if you feel like you're a failure, if you've been sinning and you feel like I have run from the Lord, if you've rejected him daily, if all of your rhythms are out of control, know that Jesus is still shining and waiting. He's not waiting to guilt you and be some boss and reminding you of all your failures. He's waiting. He's shining. The light shines in the darkness. And when you are in your darkest moment, don't think Jesus is not saying, come. Jesus is saying, come, come. Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we say, come. We know that you have moved into our neighborhood. We know that you have tabernacled amongst us. We are bending our life towards the light. We are reminding ourselves of your beauty and your goodness. The darkness didn't win in 2020. You're winning. And so light, life, Jesus, allow me to make myself available to you as you have made yourself available to us. In Christ's name. We hope today's message was encouraging for you. We'd also love to hear how God used this message to speak to you. We hear from people all across the country about what God is doing through our podcast, and we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at info at bridgechurchnyc.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle for both of those social media outlets is at bridgechurchnyc. Our website is bridgechurchnyc.com. If you're in the New York City area, we have services at 4 p.m. and 6 p.m. on Sundays at 98 Fifth Avenue in Brooklyn, New York, right next to the Barclay Center. We are praying for you, and we hope to see you soon.